Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, egg chasers. It's Tim here with a special bonus podcast without JB and without Phil. And as you can tell from the echoey sound of this room, not in the rugby dungeon, no, I'm in my home office about to go behind enemy lines with our friends from the Green and Gold podcast, Hugh, Reg and Matt. And that is to preview England versus Australia at Twickenham in what will hopefully conclude an amazing year for Eddie Jones as England head coach, an unbeaten year and a 4-0 record against the Aussies. They will be gunning for us poms. So... We're going to get into that in just a second. Let me just remind you that this is the second podcast of the week. The first one reviewing all the international matches is already in this feed. So if you haven't listened to it, go and check it out. Why don't you hit subscribe while you're here? Uh, hit that little subscribe button and then every episode will be delivered straight to you. Leave your review on iTunes. You can find us on Acast and enjoy. Thank you very much for listening. We had record numbers this week and you got us well up the iTunes top 10 chart. It's just me, Phil and JB and you. So we really, really appreciate it. Right then, England v Australia. Let's go behind enemy lines. I've got my hat with corks dangling down. I've got my Men at Work CD and an encyclopedia of Alf Stewart phrases. Yeah, mangrel. Let's go. In the moment we've been waiting for joining us for the the back end of our podcast, uh, back with the Egg Chasers, the reunion. We had JB on early in the series, and now we've got Tim. Thanks for joining us, Tim. G'day, sport. <laughs> <laughs> Thrilled to have you on board, mate. You're um, finally this culmination of the season. It's it's only fitting that we start with the egg chasers and we finish with the egg chasers, hey? Well, yes, it's wonderful to be back on. I don't know how much sense you got out of JB before the Welsh game. I'm hoping I can bring a little bit more to proceedings. I was listening to you doing the start of the podcast and the, the apologies yep. you were making to New Zealand. You, you, you got a couple, mate? Uh, oh, I feel as a token Englishman, I, there's, there's, there's always things to apologise to New Zealand for. <laughs> Firstly, I just want to apologise in advance to New Zealand for breaking their record of the number of consecutive international <laughs> wins, <laughs> which we should sort out by the end of the Six Nations in March. Uh, also for being rubbish during the World Cup because we didn't, they didn't have a worthy opponent that was up to their level to beat. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, and also um, apologise for James Haskell, Dylan Hartley and Chris Ashton. I know it was in the 2011 World Cup, the quote-unquote lewd comments to a woman that made the news headlines but they, they, I just worry that they might have given Aaron Smith some ideas so uh... <laughs> <laughs> well I guess normally it's normally world rugby following the footsteps to the All Blacks but this time they're, they're following the full footsteps of the bombs eh? yeah well you know for the first time 
Well, I, I can tell you about you, Tim. You've, you've put us in a bit of a quandary because as much as we'd hate to see England kind of break some sort of winning record, to see what it would do to New Zealand or Kiwi rugby supporters would just be too good to miss. Uh, I think there are sort of uh, forums already melting down about the possibility. So for you guys to actually make it win, would to actually make it work, would be worth the price of admission, I think. Yeah, but they, yeah, they can just gonna... point to the they, they can point to the two William Webellis Cup, cups on their mantelpiece, can't they? No. Yeah, and it'll be like when the Wallabies won the '91 World Cup. The Springboks will say, "You never played us, so it doesn't count." Yeah. Anyway, I'd still love it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, well, let's get stuck into this weekend, Tim. Thanks for joining us. So we're going to have a look at uh, the big match this weekend, uh, Australia versus England over there in, at Twickenham. And I guess, Tim, we're going to go straight for you. And we want to know, uh, before we look forward, let's look back, uh, having a look at the, the, the November Test Series itself and the Wallaby performances. How do you rate? What do you like from what you've seen? What, what impresses you? What doesn't impress you? What impresses me all the time, and it's, it's the Aussie way, and I, and I think in, in a funny way, Losing to Ireland might just unshackle Australia. The pressure, in some respects, might be off in a way. The Grand Slam opportunity's gone. And what, the fact that they can create opportunities out of, out of nothing is always what worries an Englishman, I can tell you, when, uh, the prospect of playing against Australia. I just hope that the, the finishing is as bad as it was against Ireland, against mm. England. But that, that's always the worry, always. Yeah, and before Ireland and England, uh, before Ireland, all this series, our finishing has been diabolical. Um, so what was your reading of the Ireland match? We've had a bit of a, a, a wang about it previously. What was your uh, interpretation? Opportunity missed. I yep. think, I mean, there's been some funny uh, Photoshop work being done with Israel Falau being dubbed the butcher. And I just, <laughs> I think they totally butchered uh, the opportunity to win what would have been a really strong win in Ireland. I mean, who had plenty of injury problems and before the game, in the warm-up and during the match as well. I don't quite know how you didn't win that one. And in, in one respect, that is compliments to Ireland because they now have a mental fortitude that they haven't had for a while and a, and a depth of squad that they haven't had. But yeah, missed opportunity big time. Matt, what about you from an English performance? What have you caught and what have you seen? Well, mate, yeah, just looking at... Um, it, it struck me... Oh, what was the the, the, oh, the the match towards the beginning of the uh, of the internationals? Who did you guys have? Was it um, the Saffers to start with? Saffers. South Africa yeah. first, yeah. With Fiji, yeah. I mean, I, I noticed it in that match, and then watching Argentina again uh, just this last weekend is just how polished um, the England team is. Um, really know what they're doing. I mean, against Argentina, and, and here's the th- problem with Argentina. I mean, we, even we managed to do it against them. Is that if you just you know give them the ball in their half, they'll end up making a mistake. Um, and even better, if you can get some territory there, you can force one out of them. And there must have been what 12 or 15 points from England. And I know. Um, you know, Farrell missed a couple of penalty goals actually. Where you know, just you know, wait for Argentina to make a mistake, um, get down into their half, driving mall, three points, um, and it was as simple as that. And England just kept you know, kind of putting that on. And I thought the the method with which England did that was um, was was amazing. Um, that definitely, I think one of the things that came out of the tour down here, that one of those quotes from Eddie Jones was, you know, the one stat that they measure is how quickly England are up in defence and in attack and realignment, which would have gone right back to the Randwick days, because that's a Bob Dwyer mantra, that one. Um, and, you, and you see that. You see that, you know, England will just work on having that, 
that wall of defence um, right across, which the All Blacks had started doing a couple of seasons ago now. now. But what it does do, and I thought this was what was really interesting, and I think Argentina did exploit it um, at points pretty well, was you know it makes some weak points around that ruck and through the middle of the ruck. Um, and I thought, so I thought, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting. But I mean, it's a really, really impressive England team from the point of view of you know knowing what they're going about. Um, playing out those first 40 or 50 minutes until they just grind down the other side and then opportunities kind of present themselves. I I would have thought you'd be pretty happy with that performance, Tim. Absolutely. I think that was a big statement, actually, as to to what England can do, that composure with 14 men, 13 men at one point. Mm. I know Argentina lost their heads a bit and started uh, stamping their way off the field as well towards the end. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, real, real maturity. And I think we've got a lot of young guys. The average age is still very young, but you can imagine by the 2019 World Cup, we could have 23 or 30 guys with 30 or 40 or more caps to their name. And that's what I find most exciting as you look forward. Hey, Tim, I was, wanted to ask the question, uh, and I know you guys and the, the Egg Chasers love uh, defence coaches, particularly defence consultants who come in. And Jason Ryle, so former leaguey, was brought in by Eddie Jones for this tour. Anything noticeable you picked up, change in the defence strategies or intent or how they've gone about things? Well, also, I think Ireland, who you came up against, you saw a very physical oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. defence from Ireland, and they've taken the Saracens, the club in, um, in, based in North London in England, the European champions, they've, 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 they've taken Andy Farrell, who came via England yep. to, 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 from Saracens, and England have taken Paul Gustard from Saracens as well. And I think, yeah, it's just what you get, and I think what, what this England team have in spades is the intelligence of when to challenge when not to when to fan out and i think that's what makes it them so hard to break down is those decision making moments uh, at crucial times hugh have you caught much of the english one of the observations i thought was interesting was um who they've played i'm obviously south africa who i think we all rate as one of the worst south african teams to have played for the box uh, in many years, then an easy win at Fiji with a bit of a mixed-up team, and then the Argentines, who we've known, have been pretty mixed. You reckon uh, the England might be doing it a bit easy, working their way in here, or, or this is a nice little build-up for the Australian game? I, I don't know, Rich. I, I think hindsight will be twenty twenty on this one. I, yep. The optimist in me, the Wallaby fan, thinks that, you know, you look at the top eight sides, or certainly the sides I consider to be the top eight, and, and England have played one, and that's number eight, South Africa. And really, they're, you know, they're number eight going down. Um, they're an absolute schmozzle. Um And you look at Australia, and we've played four of the top eight, you know, Ireland, France, Wales, and Scotland. So, you know, the, the optimist thinks that Australia, a bit more battle-hardened. Um, whether they're too fatigued is, is obviously the question, and whether England are coming in beautifully fresh. I, I'd, I'd say that, you know... Before that um, Elliot Daly red card, you'd suggest England had never been tested. But to go through 80 minutes against Argentina, you know, Argentina are struggling and they're not what they used to be. But to do to do it with 14 men and with 13 actually for, for 10 minutes there in the, in the end of that first half, um, it, it, um, it was something pretty impressive, I thought, and showed that they're still a quality side that we knew they were, that we know they are and that they were in June. And I'm not expecting anything less than, than you know, a really, really polished performance. And yet they've got some injuries to guys like a Todd Jay. And I think, I think, uh, I think Billy Vunapola looks like he might be out now as well, um, which is a bit of a shame. But um, 
yeah, I, I think that they're still a very, very good side, and that that clinical finishing and that decision making's been um, on display through their whole series, the, through the three games so far. They're pretty key injuries, aren't they, Tim? I mean, from that team that that dominates in June, um, Itoji, uh, Haskell, and now no Billy V, uh, big big foots to, uh, boots to fill. I guess you've managed it with no Haskell and Itoji so far, but um, is a, a massive loss moving forward. Huge, huge. There's uh, Austin Healy. I don't know if you remember him uh, oh, yeah. in the yep. team in years gone by. Yeah, uh, Austin Healy said that with Vunapola. He had England favourites without Vinopola. He made Australia favourites. He's that much of a, a game-changing player, a wrecking ball of a man. I, I, I don't know whether Nathan Hughes will be a, a player off many Australian fans' radars, but he looks like he's going to start at number eight. Uh, a Fijian-born player who's qualified on residency, and don't get me started on that. I could, I could <laughs> rant for ages about project players and, and all of the rest of it, but he it has been one of the form players in the English Premiership. Hasn't been playing up to his normal standards recently, but a massive ball carrier. So out with Billy and hopefully Nathan Hughes is going to step up to the mark. If there's one player yeah. in world rugby from any other team in the world that I could that I could trade for, one player, um, I'm, I'm taking Binny, Billy Vinopola. He would fit into that Wallaby back row so well. He's the player we're crying out for. But um, yeah, I've got to say exactly a little right. bit happy. You bang on there. We're missing that sort of big ball carrier number eight. I think we've got hopes for uh, Tamani, but whether Checkers lost confidence in him, and you know we keep Pocock there, but Billy V would be awesome on the back of that Wallaby scrum. What, what's the? Uh, can you tell me what's the beef with Dean Mum? I just see so much vitriol <laughs> for Dean Mum everywhere. Oh, I think, oh, I, I think it's got a little bit too that far. <laughs> 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 yeah. Look, I, look, I admit I I questioned his selection in the Wallabies back last year when we brought him back. I'd never rated him much of a player previously, and I know he was pretty good up there in the UK when he played. Uh, he got straight back in the Wallaby squad. I think he m- m- might have played 20 or 30 minutes for the Waratahs and all of a sudden was called back in the Wallaby squad, uh, having signed a couple of years. Chucked into the, the World Cup squ- uh, a team ahead of my favourite boy, James Hall, so... You know, that always was going to put him offside. And I'm not going to claim I started this momentum, but it is definitely built. And I must <laughs> admit, I think it's a little bit over the top now. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I cringe a little bit when I see some of the, the statements and memes that come out there uh, across the world. And ironically, watching that Ireland game when he claimed that early uh, uh, line out against the throw, I thought, OK, I might have to suck it and see this game. But he, he did us wonders and got yellow carded later. <laughs> well, on your favourite then, James Horwell, did you see his finger... And the state um, that got into. Uh, yeah. Well, that was horrendous. <laughs> and yet he's going to be back and playing this weekend. The guy's a, a total hero. Bloody oath, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Is he real? I didn't realise it. I know I wanted to get it strapped up during the game, but I didn't realise he was coming back that quickly. That's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Good man. All right. Well, let's show we have a look at the test this weekend then, mate. We'll, we'll move forward to the actual uh, uh, game. And. Um, Let's let's spin it up a little bit. You can listen to us for a little bit, Tim. Matt, the Aussies, how are they going to win this one? Um, through Michael Checker's mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the, the the battle has started in the press. I mean, obviously, Eddie um, set this one up, and Checker's just come, you know, wading right in. I think over the next day or two, we'll see whether that's onto a punch or not. Um, I don't think there's anything too clever here from Czech. I think he's just kind of lost it, basically. I think he's had enough of being goaded mm. between Hanson and Jones. And, I mean, it's quite a, it's quite amazing what he's managed to put in the press. I mean, he's basically talked about 
Jones tarnishing his own uh, future reputation um, and, and, and his legacy as, as a coach uh, or an, as an Australian coach. Um, that's been really fascinating. And then he's come out today and um, just said, basically, Dan Cole's been cheating since the day he started playing rugby. Um, which- a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Which I think was you know, pretty obviously true. Um, but to say it uh, is pretty amazing. So, yeah, I think if um, if Czech can keep going, where are we now? It's only Tuesday. So he's got another four days of this. Who knows where we could be um, by the time we get to Saturday. You, you must be pretty scared about this one, Tim, I would have thought. I, I, do you know what? I do really, really like Michael Tecker. I have to say he comes off, especially with the kind of disheveled look he's got at the minute. He's got a very, like... <laughs> puby looking beard uh, at the minute and it's kind of like he's about to break down but I loved how angry and livid he looked after the Ireland game that's how I that's how I would want my head coach to look after a disappointing victory he was very respectful and said congratulations Ireland but just looked so angry so I was looking forward to the 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 mental mind games and war of words and it's just going to be a five-day clickbait feeding frenzy or four three day whatever between now and the game i really love it i don't i can imagine i've had some time with dan cole and he's one of the calmest coolest men off the field and i think he'll just have a little very little wry smile and crack on although i will say he did struggle a little bit against argentina and south africa scrummaging so maybe that that is an area of weakness a chink in the armor that czech is trying to uh, just get into yeah i mean i thought that was, i thought that was the play so i thought i think Jones could see that Cole is a potential target, um, and I mean he basically so he got that yellow card right on, on the on the on the weekend when uh, I think uh, Creevy put him under a lot of pressure just before half time. And what was really interesting was when whereas Cole before the yellow card couldn't that scrum couldn't stay up after the yellow card there wasn't a problem. Um, and then then when there were some changes in the uh, Argentinian pack, actually the England pack really looked strong and, and managed to get over the uh, get, get over the top of them. So I thought that was really really interesting. But I think Eddie could see that that was a potential problem. And you know it's all about perception. He knows what happened um, oh, with the loose head prop who came on in the second half. Oh, how can I forget? Joe Marler. Joe Marler. And so I think he thought he got on the, he'd get on the front foot. I'm not sure he expected Czech to come out swinging this hard. So it'll be interesting to see how. Um, he then takes it to the to the next level. 
Um, but look, yeah, I mean, sorry, I, I, I'll talk just seriously for a second. I think it's going to be a one cracking battle. I just, I think Eddie will do the same thing, though. I think he'll be rope-a-dope. Um, you know, I think he'll be happy to give us plenty of ball, run at, at England. I think they'll just trust their defence and um, Farrell's boot. Mm, yeah, I'm nervous. I really am nervous. But I was, if you remember our little collaborations back in the summer, yep. I was, or our summer, your winter, I was nervous uh, before the three test series in Australia. Uh, there's just always that threat. Uh, I would be more worried if Israel Falal was his usual self. I'd be more worried if I didn't think Henry Spate was someone that could be exposed in a game. But I really, really like Haylett Petty, really like Hodge some real classy players so if, if that back line clicks into gear I'm, I'm, I, am, I am worried with the players we are, have missing two thirds of the back row which completely shut Pooper up in that, that three test series in Australia two thirds of that back row aren't there and that's what really concerns me about, about England so, so how do you expect them to play I mean how do you think they'll approach this uh, one Tim do you reckon they'll play the same game as in, as in uh, down here down, down south yeah, I think it's going to be massive physical effort. I think it's worth it's worth saying, um, as you've already pointed out, England have played South Africa and Argentina, which aren't the challenge that maybe we imagined they would have been when the fixture list was drawn up. Yeah. And when we played you in the three-test series in Australia, that was your first rugby since the World Cup final. Yeah. So those caveats mean that I think this will be more even than maybe some Englishmen are thinking. I think we're expecting to, to roll Australia over. I think we will win, but I think we're going to edge it via a, an intensely physical battle and Ford and Farrell just pulling the strings and getting us in the, in the right part of the pitch and then in the English way, just letting the forwards try and beat your guys up, which I think they will do. Hugh, how, how do you see it playing out? Do you think Australia got a hope? Oh, I think we do have a hope. I think Tim's just laid out a pretty good case for us, actually, there with you know, coming into... Uh, we're playing pretty good rugby at the moment, I think. We're, we're, um, we're you know, we, we've got a bit of confidence in attack, and we're scoring points, and we're scoring tries. And I expect this to be a really close game. Worth noting that if Australia win this, we're up to number two in the world, believe it or not. Um, so I think that'll be an interesting feeling among Australian fans if if we can pull that off. But um, look, I, I think. A few key things for the Wallabies um, and, and where it'll come down to. It's a, it, We've got to learn the lessons of the mid-years. Let's get those exits out of our 22 and our half. Let's get those kicks going longer and going out. Let's get that discipline at the breakdown. Let's get the discipline across the field because we can't afford to be giving Owen Farrell, you know, three or four or five shots at penalty goal, giving him cheap points. Um, because, you know, against Argentina, we saw it again. He's just slotting them from everywhere. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's about that um, execution. If we can just just tighten it up a little bit more um, with ball in hand and just take one or two more of those opportunities that we've been creating, they're going to come. We've got the players to do it. Um, then you know we're right in this game. And if we can score, you know, get up, score twenty, twenty five points, uh, thirty. Well, you know, we um, we're in with a good chance. That that said, we scored about forty five in Sydney and still couldn't win. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, so make it that what you will. But uh, oh, it's going to be a great game, packed Twickenham. And look, to be honest, the evidence of the last uh, year, last 18 months, is I think um, Australia plays, you know, we'd probably prefer to play England at Twickenham. We've got a great record there. And um, clearly we're not that good at playing them in Australia. So I think it's almost a home game for the Wallabies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 
uh, that that would be tabloid bait potentially if any journalist got onto well, that one. Well, you, look, you look at look at the last few games we played Argentina there in the rugby championship and tailed them up. I mean, look, the All Blacks in the World Cup final, you know, a few late breaks went their way and and, and they got away with that one. Um, but uh, one, yeah. before that, it was all uh, it was it was wins against Argentina and against England and against Wales. Oh, I think that was in Wales, but wherever it, it, it was a it was a it was a pretty good winning run. Just a quick one. So Eddie Jones, uh, Eddie Jones says that having lost the Grand Slam against Ireland, and I don't know whether this was mind games or whether this you think this will bear out. He said uh, there's no pressure on Australia now, so they're just going to want to win the Aussie way and throw the ball around. I, I think they'll. I think that's a fair comment. I think they'll throw it around because that's how they like to play. I think they'll take a lot of confidence. I think you said it earlier from that Ireland performance in the second half. That's when they really clicked and and uh, would have drawn a lot of confidence from that. I think he's right. I, I, I'm kind of feeling a lot more confident about us entering this game with the Grand Slam forgotten about. I mean, if we were entering this game with the Grand Slam on our, you know, on our back, I reckon that would have been quite daunting for them. But now there's a chance just to focus on redemption. And I, I think that'll free us up a bit. And I'm quite excited. I think um, from a Wallaby performance perspective, there's a few... I think there's a few question marks now. Pack still? I mean, does Tamani come back in the team? I, I haven't heard anything about Mum as yet, whether he's not mm. available. I know he's been cited. Is, is Simmons still the man? I thought Kane Douglas was excellent off the bench versus the Irish, as we said earlier. Um, so there's a few gaps there, but I'm actually, and th- this will surprise the two tars, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Phipps, Foley and Falau back combining again. I think that could even um, break things up a little bit more for us. Yeah. Well, I think the English back row are looking forward to seeing Phipps as well, reacquainting yeah. themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it'll be well, that's because there's only one of your back rowers there, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, fair point. But uh, what a man, Chris Rob. Chris Robshaw's story yes. is incredible. <laughs> Failed at the World Cup, cap stripped to the captaincy, and he has been a hero. So uh, I, I think everyone in England's just warmed to him so much. He was the focus point for all of the stick during the Stuart Lancaster era. But now, uh, yeah, he's a hero. Watch out for him. Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, well, let's uh, let's round it up and uh, get some tips round the round the table, guys. Matt, what do you reckon? Oh, Jesus, a tough one. Uh, oh. Look, okay, um, I'm going to have to go realist here, and I'm going to say um, I hate to say it, but probably England by three on the on the march to uh, shattering the All Blacks winning record next year. Oh, jeez, Hugh, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm similar to Matt. I think it'll play out similar to the three games in Sydney. I think, um, it's, sorry, three games in Australia. I think uh, we'll give it a good shake, but um, England have, have got our measure. So I think I'm going to go with um, England by six. All right, Tim, what's your thoughts? How, how much by the palms? Yeah, I was going to say England by seven. On the on the winning record, I will just say we do have to go to Dublin at the final game of the Six Nations. Oh, wow. uh, so that that will be a massive game. Uh, so I, I'm not convinced we'll get there, but uh, I think we will beat Australia this weekend, yeah. All right, well, I'll be the lone dissenter. Yeah, I, I know I tipped England in the first game. Yeah, I tipped England in the first game on the June series. So uh, I didn't have a lot of confidence, but I'm building there. I think Tim almost talked me around. And with the uh, the attacking confidence we would have built, I, I think we can get there. I'm not impressed with the England build up in terms of who they played, and I think there's a there's a big chance for the Aussies to um, to sneak in there. And and like we say, last game of the series, this is all or nothing for them. I, I think they'll do it big time. Good on you, Rick. but uh, what an epic encounter, Tim! You're going along, I assume, mate. I'm not. No, I'm not. So I, I since since the well, I, I I do a lot of work on the Premiership 
when it's yeah, right. te- televised, a re- reporter and whatnot. So I've got a rare weekend off. So uh, no, I'm not allowed anywhere near a rugby ground. Yeah. Yeah, too right. All right, good stuff, Tim. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, the big game this weekend. And we'll, we'll see who's got the bragging rights after that. Yeah, and I can fully imagine if it is an Australia win, you're, uh, you'll be inviting me on <laughs> for another chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's just... I'm lazy, busy. busy. Building up. We've been building up for six months. I've, been, I've got so many zingers stored up to use when we finally win. Yeah. I need to do it. Let's play that one by ear, mate. Yeah, we'll see how the results go on the weekend. And then yeah, we'll let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. All right. See you, mate. Good stuff, Tim. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers, as always.